Episode 299? Yes. <laughs> Dorfler <clears throat> by Jeremy Baum. Baum? Baum? I think it's Baum. Whatever. I know Frank L. Baum is the creator of Wizard of Oz, but I also knew two kids in grade school named Baum. Oh, really? Spelled the same way. All so. spelled the same way. Yep. Who knows? It's the English language. It's going to be a mystery forever. Yeah. My name is Eric. I'm Jason. See, I still know how to do the hello. Popper. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. What's up, buddy? Not much. Yeah. 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 Still unhappy. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. But uh, still here. Yeah. That's and, cool. And, 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 and hanging with you. Yeah. See, that that's fun, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we had fun. We had some food. We had some Chinese food and watched some television. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. A good time was had by most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, Review is great. It is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the, the show that we watched. Uh, man, yeah, I love the show. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, where did that air? Was it? Comedy Central. Was it Comedy Central? Yeah. Okay. It's on uh, Thursday nights, I believe, at 10. Mm, it's a good show. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Andy Daly. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about him that reminds me of Joe G a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, maybe, like, he's, like, some sort of... I mean, you know, he's less... He's, he's like, a more naive, like, you know, right. version of Joe G. Is it the positivity? That or maybe even there's something about his Is physical it the amount of sex that he's having, yeah, right? The glory holes, right? Um, no, I don't know. There's yeah, something about him. Both a little, you know, pudgy, blonde, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, like something about his face, even. Right. I don't know. He's, got that, glasses, he's got that kind of forever, forever face. young, yeah, yeah, kind of face, yeah. And the glory holes. And the glory holes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, we both know about Joe G's addiction to the glory hole. Yeah, he's always in the park at midnight. Yep. And it's not to play kickball, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> not a bit. <laughs> Although there is some ball play going on. Yeah, a little kicking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that was a good show. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the first season's still my favorite. But. Uh, Maybe it's because I didn't know what I was expecting. Right, right. Eh, you know, I mean, I would say that this is a fraction less good than the first season. Right. But it's still really good. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. On the other hand, though, the first season had uh, Jason Manzoukas in it uh, for an episode. And as we all know, Jason Manzoukas is a goddamn national treasure. Who is that? (laughs) Jason Manzoukas. I don't know. I I don't remember. He's not on Twitter. Oh, okay. 
Uh, he's a comedian. He's uh, he's on the How Did This Get Made podcast. Okay. Uh, he was in uh, the episode of uh, Comedy Bang Bang. He played uh, Count Emeril Lugosi. Okay. The, the vampire <laughs> chef. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Oh, man, that was a good show, too. He was in the uh, the movie um, uh, The Dictator hmm. with uh, Sacha Baron Cohen. Never saw it. I recommend it. Mm-hmm. Mostly for Jason Manzoukas. Yeah. Hmm. He's on The League. He plays Rafi. Uh, uh. He's a frequent guest on the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. Sweet. Yeah. Jason Manzoukas. Good times. Yeah. Yeah, watch your review. It's funny. It is. Recommended. Mm-hmm. Five stars. But, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, well, speaking of something that might not get five stars, sure. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, Dorfler. Dorfler. A comic book. It's a it's like a graphic novel, like a, it is a graphic novel. A um, it's his first graphic novel effort, I do believe. Yeah, I believe so as well. I think yeah. it's what it said in the little blurb on the back. Yep. Um, it was, uh, I, I believe I explained last week. This was uh, gifted to me by a friend of the show, Chris Pfeiffer. How cool is that? That is super cool. That is the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, still, I'm, I'm you know very touched and, and almost speechless about the the kindness of it, and, and it is greatly appreciated. Which kind of makes me feel bad that we are about to shit all over this. <laughs> well, I don't know that we're going <laughs> to shit all over it. Oh, um, <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Although I don't really know what I read. All right. See, that for me is part and parcel of the enjoyment of something, is understanding what I have just experienced. Right. At least on some level. I feel like I, I, I got a little bit of it. All right. But I feel like maybe maybe this is something I do really like about it is that I feel like I could quite possibly read this once a week for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and I don't think I would get bored reading it. But I also don't think I would ever completely understand it. Mm-hmm. That does not sound like an enjoyable experience yeah. to me <laughs> at all. Uh, but before we get into that, I will say that uh, it does have some saving graces. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it is goddamn beautiful. It's gorgeous. It is maybe one of the best drawn books I have seen in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just just the amount of detail and the craziness and, and just the overall look and feel of it and the design. It is it is fantastic. And it's kind of stylized like. I mean, no, it's, it's, car- it's cartoony, but it's got like a. It looks like it was colored with brush pens, probably. It does indeed. Yeah, like like those uh, colored or at least gray tone uh, micron brush pens. Right. Like just you know, that's how I. Feel. It has a unique look. Yeah, yeah. Um, the end. Yeah, no. and, uh, um, <clears throat> yeah, but it's yeah, it's yeah. The art is. Kind of surreal meets cartoony, yeah. You know, yeah. But it might, that might just mostly be the, you know, the setting and the storyline that sure. makes me say surreal. But there's a lot of like kind of 
spiral uh, effects and like just weird shapes and things in the background. Even the mundane things are still kind of surreal, mm-hmm. like just over exaggerated bodies and, and, and forms. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I love her teeth. I really do love their exaggerated teeth. Yeah, there's yeah. something about it that I find it's alluring. appealing. Yeah, uh, but therein also may start my problems with it is that everybody has the same teeth. Everybody has the same. Lips. Everybody has the same face. Does everybody have those teeth? I don't think everybody does. Most of them have the teeth. Uh, I think it's like... All of the characters pretty much look exactly alike. Well, they're different haircuts. There are, but they're not different enough. (laughs) But I think think more than one of them are supposed to be the same person. Maybe, sort of. Well, possibly. Possibly. I'm I'm fully aware of that. Uh, Yeah, right. It does not change the fact that the characters who aren't supposed to be the same person still look exactly... (laughs) Like the other people. They're, they're all pretty white-skinned. Yeah. Uh, and also, this book is super racist. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, let's get into this all book. Right. What's the, what is this book about? I don't know. Yeah. It's, um... <laughs> I do not know. It kind of reminds me of the experience I had when I first... Like, the first time I saw Eraserhead. Because I remember... I can remember this vividly. I watched it with my brother... And I was like, wow, that was neat. That was really cool and interesting. And, and, and he was like kind of upset with me because I liked it so much. And cause he, I am on your brother's side. <laughs> cause he's a, he was a David Lynch fan as well. Right. But I think we had watched Wild at Heart and Blue Velvet first. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I like this guy. He's kind of strange. Right. And then we watched the racer head and he was like, fuck this, you know? And uh, and I was like, no, it was it was really neat. I don't understand why you and your like like why me and my brother and your brother don't get along. Well. <laughs> <laughs> but he was like, he was upset. I think because he, not because he didn't understand it. I mean, like he was fine with the fact that he didn't understand the movie. Right, yeah. He he didn't understand why I thought I enjoyed it. Right. But I genuinely did. Like I genuinely did. And uh, and I think it was because I didn't quite understand it. It was kind of like kind of mysterious and ambiguous and just dreamlike and surreal and and i didn't really care that i didn't you know didn't know exactly what he meant but i just thought like visually it was interesting and the experience of reading it or or watching it was a uh enjoyable because uh you know it was so unique right you know i just was like wow that was so different from anything i've ever seen so that, that was enough for me you know I kind of feel the same way about this. All right. I don't. <laughs> I feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, experimentation and just doing crazy things and pushing the boundaries of what you can do with storytelling and how to tell a story. And even, you know, I'm totally okay with, you know, vague and confusing stories that you might want to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, like like that. You know, maybe this is something where uh, he thought, you know, this is for me, right? You know, and I don't give a shit that you know maybe no one else will understand that. I'm fine with that. However, <laughs> uh, I also feel like you know, there's a way to make things accessible, but still be true to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, to, to maybe occasionally think of who is going to be reading <laughs> Right, right. I, yeah, I mean... Uh, and occasionally a stupid person 
might stumble upon it or be given it free. <laughs> right? <laughs> you're, you're just generalizing there. Nobody's specific in mind. Nope, yep. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, maybe it is a very personal story. And, like, you know, yeah. maybe he doesn't want to reveal everything. Um, and I feel like it is, like, full of just, like, metaphors. And sometimes if there's more than one metaphor going on, it gets a little confusing. Right. Um, like, I'm sure a lot of the characters and environments represent things that we just maybe don't right. know what he's saying. You know, they represent. All I know is while reading it and thinking about the fact that I would have to talk about this with you. Uh, the only thing that I could come up with to even begin to describe what I had just read is to describe it as if, you know, and, you know, certain people may take this as a great compliment if, if, if this was, uh, something to describe their own work. Uh, but to me, it read as if, uh, Jim Woodring had decided to make a comic book out of a D&D campaign. Yeah, I can see that. I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we, we reviewed a Jim Woodring book uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of uh, Jim Woodring's storytelling. I love his art. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, again, I think I had the exact same problem with uh, Weathercraft as I did with Dorfler. Is I didn't understand a goddamn thing about it. Okay. But it was super pretty. Here's what I got out of it. All right. And, like, you took... A lot of notes. I took some notes. Well, I read it once, like, uh, four days ago, right. and then I read it again today, and today I took some notes. Right. Um, which I looked at right before we started this, and I was like, I don't know how helpful they're going to be, but okay. but here's here's what I, I got from it. Like, okay, it starts out with, like, basically a dream within a dream sort of scenario, mm-hmm. where you're, like, you're not sure what's real and what's not. And I don't know if that's even important to the story. I just feel like it sets the tone of the story. Like, you're like, okay, what is real? What's a dream? Maybe it doesn't matter in this story. And basically what I got from it is there is these kids that were, for some reason, uh, kidnapped by this military uh, group. Uh, Very uh, Nazi-ish. Nazi-ish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, like, invading this town and destroying it, and they, like, were wrangling these kids and just kidnapped them. Um, And I feel like they maybe brainwashed them and somehow used their science to turn them into weapons? I think it's a little more, uh, I hate to use the word cliche in this, uh, the book, mm-hmm. uh, but, but I believe that maybe the kids were already like psychic or had like some sort of powers or extra abilities. And then the government took them okay. to harness them. And and uh, use them as weapons. Okay. Well, because either way, they turn out to be like this. This like they're on. They're like they have these bands on their head with the military symbol on them, and they're clearly under some sort of control by this military group. Right. And they're using them. But there, a lot of this is told without words. Right. Like some of it has words, and some of it doesn't. And and all, mostly all the scenes with the military is just wordless. Right. So you're not, you're not really sure, but I I get the impression that they're being controlled they haven't just been like you know join, they didn't just join up no, you know? Yeah. uh i will also say that uh sometimes in the pages with words doesn't help <laughs> uh, 
I know, like, sometimes I'm like, okay, here's a page with a bunch of exposition. Right. This is where you really find out right. what's going on. Yep. And then it was, like, three uh, fairies, totally nude, um, talking. Insulting each other like, with juvenile interests. Right, yeah. Like, which, honestly, really took me out of the story. <laughs> I, I, that was one of my favorite parts. Uh, uh, cause I, yeah, one of them called somebody Pooper Stink, pooper I think. Pooper Stink, Booger Bug. Yeah. Uh, booger Brains, maybe? Possibly, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, and I was like, I, you know, like as a fan of fan of like '60s underground comics, right. I could probably read an entire comic where naked girls call each other third grade insults. Like, like I would probably be fine with that. Well, listen, I would also normally be totally fine with that. <laughs> but uh, up until that point, uh, the story was not that. <laughs> and then that is like the only place that that happens within the story. Right. So it was just, I mean, the the naked fairy women show up again, but they don't insult each other or anything like that. And we should mention that they're constantly pleasuring each other while they yes. throw around third grade insults, uh-huh. too. Yeah. So that adds, like, when I said underground comics, oh, sure, there's yeah. a lot of sex and, like, lowbrow yeah. insults yeah. going on, which and again, I, I like. If the entire comic was that, uh, we might be having a very different discussion. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so they weaponize these kids, and and I feel like the one guy keeps, um, like the guy calls himself Uncle Dave, I think. Yeah. Which is kind of like the, uh, is that like some sort of metaphor for like Alvin and the Chipmunks? Like um, maybe? Because <laughs> they have that kind of like chipmunk teeth. Chipmunk teeth, yeah. And he's Dave. Uh, yeah, right. Maybe he is forming a singing. <laughs> possibly that's what this is about. These uh, weaponized children. Yeah. It's Akira meets Alvin <laughs> and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Told through Jim Woodring's D and D campaign, right? <laughs> um, so, but it, the Uncle Dave guy at various points like lets the different uh, kids go once they've like grown up, basically. Right. And maybe, maybe they're no longer. Maybe their powers are fading. Uh, maybe they're forgetting how to use the powers. There's a lot to do with memory in this, right? I think maybe he's actually trying to be fairly altruistic and, okay. and just rescuing them from. What he realizes is just a horrible life, right? Yeah, because they're like basically trapped in this like Darth Vader style chamber, right? Like that uh, they can't get out of, and their you know their mind is hooked up to this thing, and right. I, I don't know if they're harnessing their power or is that like a you know like a gestation chamber? Where they just leave them in until they need them for war, right? There's, there's no explanation. Hmm. But he lets them out, and he slips a couple cigars, and then uh, and they're coat pockets right. and lets them you know get, get out of there right um and kind of kind of there's a constant thing where nola the main the main character i guess you would say keeps For the most part <laughs> i would say that's acceptable she she keeps remembering this thing from her childhood where um she was always afraid of of developing amnesia which i want to say this when i was a kid I often thought about amnesia because you'd see it so much in like cartoons and oh, TV yeah. shows. You're like, especially any, in the '80s. Yeah, right. Yeah. Any anytime someone gets hit in the head, they they're getting yeah, amnesia. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, is that really? Is that that? Is that what happens? Like right. when you get hit in the head? Like I was so worried to get myself hit in the head. So I can see where that came from, maybe. But but you've been hit in the head so much since then that you know it's not true. I guess so. I don't. I don't remember. Maybe I did remember more. I, I feel like I, there's a lot of things I don't know that I used to. That's just the weed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which also may have just helped you in your enjoyment of this book. That's, you know, I haven't smoked weed in so long. It's been like a couple years almost, 
And I honestly was thinking about that while I read this. I was like, I bet this is the type of thing that if I did smoke weed while I was reading it, I would at least think I understood it more. Right. Um, and I might actually understand it more because, you know, you're in a zone where you're sure. making these weird connections in your right. brain. But, um, so yeah, so then there's this whole metaphor where Nola is like, this on this quest, like just walking through this forest by herself with a sword on her back, right. like D and D style. Like it you're is very D and D. She's an elf. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. It is. That's pretty much where I get the D and D. Yeah, it's, it's totally. And I wonder if that's just like her fantasy, like that maybe she's having while she's in those chambers, right? And she's looking <clears throat> for some sort of truth and answer. Um, and then she, when she does become like totally naked and and looks like one of those. You know, child fairy, um, insulting child fairy things. You know, then this weird hand comes out and takes her weapons away. Mm-hmm. And I, and like that's, I like, I wonder if maybe that's supposed to be like, you know, them releasing her from being a weapon. You know, like her weapons are. Is that Uncle Dave? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then, yeah, and then like basically it keeps going back to that thing with, with you know, the child. And she's lost in, or she's wandering this forest, and she puts this like sash on a stick and puts it in the ground. Yeah. And she says, if as long as that's there, she knows that she'll never have amnesia because um, it's like this safe place that she can go to in her mind. Right. And um, it reminds her that you know she has this memory from the past. Right. And there's eventually like she gets released maybe from her role as the weapon. And, and it flashes to the kid, and the kid is, like, lost in this, like, infinite white area. Like, you know, in the Matrix where yeah. the guns roll up and Neo, and Neo loads up on guns. And, um, and, like, that's the last time we see the kid because she's, like, maybe losing that s- safe spot from her childhood. Maybe she's losing her memory or mind or something. Like, I, I don't know. It's very... I don't know. Yeah. Very strange and yeah. like... And then there's also another kid named Hans who is throughout the book uh, yet I turns into a goat at some point. Yeah. yeah. And uh, is maybe Nola's boyfriend in one of the realities that is being presented. And this entire thing might be his dream because on the first page he's like asleep in the forest. Right. And this might entire book might just be happening in... in in uh, Hans's head, right? But at the same time, he also looks like maybe one of the kids. Yeah, I th- I'm I'm pretty sure he is one of the kids, right? But uh, I don't know. And there's a point in the book where someone tells him that he was in a car accident. Yeah, and like it, you know, there's this weird scene where he's on a motorcycle and he gets, you know, in a wreck. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe the entire thing is him like just a death dream. Yeah, like a head like trauma, a fever dream. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler for. Twenty-year-old movies. Um, so yeah, it's very. Uh, there's no. There's no clear-cut answers to this. Nope. And it doesn't like all come together at the end and tell you. In nope. fact, the ending is probably the most confusing part of it. Super confused. Still don't know exactly what was happening because the fairies are now invading the world as well. One of the worlds. Right. But they're giants. They're giant because they start out tiny. They're in like little, like petri dish size like containers right. in the lab and uncle dave is looking at them and they're asleep it looks like yeah they're like in a state of like comatose you know but they're also maybe like ultra dimensional gods who mm-hmm. 
we just see however we want to see right, them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh huh. But I, I honestly would like to read it a third time. I will let you take this home and read it as many more times as you need. Um, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll even borrow some weed from someone. There you go. If a listener has weed, weed, if a listener has weed, well, you know, I think that's like a common way to say, "Give me some weed." Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me borrow this. Yeah. So basically, you don't want to purchase it like a good citizen. No, I, this is. I'm doing this for our community. <laughs> you know, I'm doing this for the listener. <laughs> There's nothing illegal about asking someone to send me free weed. All right. Hey, Chris uh, Pfeiffer, get on Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what you're doing sending half the package. You send the book that requires weed, but you don't send the weed. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you could buy a weed off of Amazon. <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> I'm sure there's a way around that. I mean, I've never tried. Well, but. sure. Well, maybe you should get on that. Yeah. But... And I, and I was really, really, really close to, like, trying to look it up, like, look up reviews for this book. Right. Or an interview with uh, Jeffrey Baum, Jeremy Baum. Yeah. Um, but I was like, I want to try to figure it out without uh, doing that. Yeah. But I, I am still tempted to, like, see if there's... Because on the back, it, it just says, like, you know, it's... Like, you know, you know when you read a blurb like this, it's like, imagine... It's like, dreamlike logic dictates the universe of this you're like okay it like doesn't make sense right yeah, yeah. yeah but i feel like i feel like it really does make sense to him and i feel like i'm it, sure it does yeah yeah and i feel like it could make sense to me if i just you know thought about it in a different way or like i don't know read it a couple more times and saw some connection that i'm not making yeah well, all i know is i'm old and i'm kind of dumb and i don't have much experience with drugs <laughs> So this is possibly not a book for me, right? But I can at least enjoy the art, and then realize that he obviously worked very hard on it, and he, yeah. he very much cares about what he was he was working on. Oh yeah, yeah. It doesn't and, look like it skimped that at all. Not a bit. Yeah. Like that times it looked tedious. Like I would just imagine it from like a drawing art perspective, and just be thinking about how I would probably just want to slam my head into a table right. if I had to draw it looks, everything. That was it looks there. like it took a long time to, to make. Very much so. Yeah. But it is it which, is gorgeous. Which is why I don't make comics anymore. Because <laughs> I don't like spending that much time on any one thing. And, and what do you think the word Dorf, Dorfler represents? Is I that, don't know. Maybe it's the, the city or the, the world that, uh, that this book inhabits. I mean, doesn't it have a, like a German tint to the sound? Like, oh and, yeah, and I if mean, there it's is, got a numlot over the O. If there's a numlot over the O. Like, maybe it but, is some know, sort of. There's a character named Hans, right? And there's a very, you know, uh, Nazi-ish, Nazi-ish fascist uh, regime, right? Uh, the guy's name is Jeremy Baum, uh, mm-hmm. or Baum. Is is that? I don't. I, I don't believe that that is German. Oh, is it? Okay. Don't take my word for it. I could be entirely wrong, as I mostly am. <laughs> I feel like it's all like yeah, it's all. And after reading this, I'm questioning everything. <laughs> well, see, that's a good sign. Right? But yeah, I feel like it's a dream. It's a dream style story. I mean, even like on the cover and the inlay, like the uh, the leaves of the book, yeah. um, there's this weird, like hieroglyphic style, like computer lettering weirdness. Like, yeah. And I feel like maybe that's a dream thing. You know, how you're not supposed to really see letters correctly right. in dreams. 
Like it looks like some sort of language being, I don't know, spoken. Or And I think at one point a cat actually turns into some of that language. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which I don't know if that means anything. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I know there's the one cat that had all the spiral stuff on him. Yeah. And then there was the other cat that always walked upside down. I think there was like a part where that language turns in, like she's got it in her hands and then all of a sudden it's like two halves of the same cat uh, or something. Okay. I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what it means. So just, just various images that I'm remembering. Um, uh, now that I mentioned all the German stuff, I should also mention that the, uh, there is a, a tiny little icon underneath the title, Dorfler, and it appears throughout the book. Uh, that is basically like three-fourths of the Star of David. Right, uh, with like an Illuminati eye. Yeah, right in the middle of it. But yeah. there are some places where that eye is not present. Yeah. So. And there's this weird symbol that looks like, I don't know, like a square with lines coming out of it that's ever-present on the military things. Yeah, it's basically like a broken swastika. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. And uh, it's on the even on the cigars and on the tanks yep. and every, and like their headbands and their belt buckles and it, it's every, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Man, it doesn't help me one bit to yeah. figure out what it was that I read a couple times. Maybe we yeah maybe we should look at the reviews or something and see. <laughs> maybe I don't know. See because I did also think you know, maybe someone out there explained it. Yeah. A lot better than, than I figured you could to me. Right. that was what I was relying on. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you should have known better. Yeah, I always try to not look up stuff like that when before we review it. Because right. I, I just would rather, like, figure out or, like, have my own opinion. But this one, I feel like maybe maybe we're both missing something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh... Chris could fill us in on something. It could be. Yeah, Email us if, if you got uh, any idea what it was that you, you gave to me. <laughs> but, you know, I mean... How many times have you had to say that in the past? <laughs> Only about 30. Yeah. Um, and again, you know, it's it's gorgeous to look at. Uh, and, and, you know, it is it is... Definitely a very nice art book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just love. I love the like blue toned color palette. Yeah, like it's beautiful. Like it's kind of dreary when they're showing the cityscapes. Right. But every time, every other time, it's kind of beautiful. Right, and like the mountains and the woods and yeah, and then the giant naked fairies. Well, giant naked fairies with their their, their pale pale bodies and yeah. their dirty dirty mouths. Yeah, you know that's. I mean, well, I will say this for this book that uh, it definitely knows the type of woman I look for. Right. Made pale and filthy mouth. Yep. <laughs> kind of. Oh, uh, baby. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, not for me. Yeah. Um, if you're like me, you may not enjoy this. If you're like Jason, you may think you enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not so sure that I get it, but I really enjoyed trying to get it right so i would like to try to get it one more time sure well i will let you borrow this again and yeah if you figure else anything else about it uh, you you be sure to let yeah. me know oh, okay yeah yeah like it like like you know i don't even want you to explain it to me but like if you have like like you you get to a point where like all of a sudden it's like you, you put the key in 
and the door opens, like, you know, just, 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 just that give you one that thing right. that, that, you know, could help me unlock what this thing is about. You'd like some perspective to look at it from right, or something. Yeah. Right, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, to me, to me, it boils down to, I feel like it's like an anti, like, fascism message, you know? Like, oh, yeah, but, yeah. Like, I mean, like, like I think that's kind of all it is, is like a really oddly done, uh, like, surreal, dreamlike version of, um, you know, you know, don't control other people. Right. I don't know. That's kind of what I get. Seems fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, hey, you know, for, for all I can say that, uh, yeah, this is awful. Yeah. Hey, you know, at least he did it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's not awful. It's just not anything that I can wrap my head around enough to enjoy. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I also, like, I also read uh, the 1987 X-Men vs. Avengers comic today. Uh-huh. Like, I read both, both, both of these things. <laughs> and, uh, Did that help give you clarity uh, on this? Yeah, no, like, they're both so different, you know. I, like, it, it kind of made me go, wow, like, these are both comic books, you know. Oh, really, yeah. Like, that was awesome, you know. <laughs> Um, and that was really good too. I really enjoyed X Men versus Avengers. I've not read that. It was all kind of about Magneto and him trying to stay, um, you know, a good guy. Like this is when he's a good guy, right. and there's like all these temptations and of power for right. him. And uh, when he was wearing the uh, sleek purple onesie with the big M on the it, chest. Uh, was there an M on the chest? I don't know if this one had that. I think this one was the, like the one with shoulder pads and a cape, and it was yeah, the, he's got the cape, and but like no helmet, and it's like a dark purple, and yeah, yeah, it was purple, and it, somewhere in the book he sleeveless. Get, he gets the helmet, though. Oh, that's okay, but right. I, yeah, I don't think this one was sleeveless. This might have been a variation of that one because right. like half the book he's not even in a costume; he's just like chilling with the X Men, right? Like they're uh, like hanging out and swimming and stuff like that. So. Right. Yeah, I just I remember the uh, the the, the time period in the X-Men when he was like the, the headmaster of uh, the Xavier school, mm-hmm. which, which, uh, if I recall also seemed to, you know, go over pretty well with, with the X-Men. Like yeah. they, they didn't even seem to be like, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what's going on? Yeah. That's my Wolverine impression. That was right pretty there. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should have threw the word bub in there, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it was, there was a cool dynamic though uh, in that book, like because yeah, a lot of the X Men were like, I don't know if we should trust him because he's like going off and like searching for these these fallen bits of his like space station or whatever, right? And uh, asteroid M, asteroid M, yeah, and uh, that's where he finds his helmet. Right, okay. And um, and then like the uh, like the uh, Crimson Dynamo and oh, what's that Russian team? I wanted to say the October Guard, but that's the GI Joe Russian team. Um. Like they're after him, and the X Men are okay, yeah. trying to squirrel him away, and then the Avengers are after him. Oh, and the Avengers, like the book opens up on a splash page at a Kmart in Mansfield, Ohio. Really? Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's kind of neat. That is neat. And Doctor Druid is like controlling the minds of the shoppers there, and he makes some sort of jab at consumerism. How easy it is to control the minds of shoppers. Right. Did 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 he go and flip off one of the the blue lights? It's a blue light special in the store? No, no. no. They didn't mention a blue light, but it was clearly, like, they didn't, like, obscure one of the letters or anything. They right, just said right. Kmart really big, and I was like, huh, yeah. that's weird. 
Back when Kmart was a thing. Yeah. Now I think there's two Kmarts around. I saw a, a, a debunked, you know, dethroned, dilapidated Kmart yesterday. Like, it didn't have the sign up, but you're like, oh, right. that was clearly a Kmart over out there by Hair Arena. When oh, we were yeah, out there. yeah. 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 So by your lady person's house too. Yeah, they're all they're all going the, the way they do. Most part, door flare, Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I I really hate to not be on board with this book, kinda. But you know, I just I could not really get into it. I read it twice. You know, and then, and like, I even when I gave it to you, I warned you that you probably need to read it at least twice. Right. And, and I, I guess I was right about that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the first time, like, I got zero from it. Oh, yeah. Like, other than... Like, oh, yeah. Got, I picked up a little more on the second time around. Yeah. Yeah, because cause there are little clues that, you know, pop up in the beginning. But, like, you know, un- unfortunately, like, clues are supposed to do where it leads you to, like, some sort of answer. Huh, right. Uh, these just tie into other pages in the book right. and don't really answer yeah. anything. You're like, okay, well, that references this, and I keep going back and forth looking right. at it. Like, what does that mean? But I don't, like, it doesn't tie together. Nope. I mean, it ties together, but it doesn't make anything when it ties exactly. together. Exactly, right. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, and, and honestly, the first time I read it, I was just thinking to myself that I really feel like I read this too quickly. Yeah. You know, because this is not a very long read. It's like uh, 90 pages with, with some pinups in the back. And oh, the pinups are awesome. Pinups are all great, yeah. Uh, um, Jim Ruggs. Jim Ruggs. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Dave Wachter does a pretty cool one. Um, but, uh, yeah, like I, I read it. It takes no time to read. Like a lot of it is wordless. And I was just like, I... I felt like I just blasted through this way too quickly. Right. You know, I'm definitely going to need to read this again before I give it over to you. And, like, I tried to take my time with, with uh, you know, the second time around, but, like, I, I still don't feel like I gleaned anything worthwhile from it. And I still felt like I read through it too fast, even though I, like, you know, the second time around, I was like, okay, I'm going to look at every channel. <laughs> right. Look at the background. See right, what, right. See what's yep, in yep. the background. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, recommended for some. Yeah. Not for others. Try try to figure it out. It's kind of fun and it's beautiful to look at. Right. So, if, if nothing else, exactly. Just look at the awesome artwork. And uh, it's available on Comicsology if if uh, you want to go that route with it. So Fanographics makes the tangible version. Yep. Yep. So you know, yeah. Thanks for the gift, Chris. Yeah, that's you super know. cool. It is super cool. I'm sorry that I did not really enjoy <laughs> right. it that much. Yeah, you know. But but again, you know, you can't, cannot say enough good things about the art. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's so unique, too. It's not like... Oh, yeah. It doesn't... Like, the only thing that looks like anything else, and maybe it's because, like, I'm a huge Jeffrey Brown fan, and all of his color stuff the, the last the few years... The and line work. Yeah, because like, he uses the same kind of color brush right. pen thing going on, and that kind of reminded me of that, but... Yep. Everything else is like something I've never seen before. Right. It's just beautiful. Oh yeah, when I when I use the uh, the Jim Woodring analogy, it is definitely not to describe the art because it is nothing like a Jim Woodring you know artwork. Right. But you know, other just than the the feel of it. detail. But 
yeah, the, the the tone and the 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 type of story that it is is definitely wooderingish. I can see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, take a break here. Yeah. No. Maybe read the book in between the breaks. <laughs> right. And, uh, see if we come back with anything else. Right. Waking to these sounds again. I wonder how I'll sleep. Passing out is taking off into the stubborn deep. I'd like to meet a human who makes it all seem clear. Work out all these cycles and why I'm standing here I'm falling over and over and over and over again now Falling over and over and over and over again now Running through my life right now I don't regret a thing Things I do just make me laugh and make me want to drink I'd like to meet a madman who makes it all seem sane To work out all these troubles and what there is to gain I'm falling over and over and over and over again Projecting what I want is always hard to know But when it comes between my sides I'll let the damage show I'd like to meet a spaceman who's got it going on Sailing through the stars at night until our world is gone I'm falling over and over and over and over again Hey, welcome back. Hey. We did not read it again. We did not. No, but we went later. We, we, we did not even look up any reviews yet. So. Yeah, we thought about it, but yeah. did not do it. It's so better, better to be a mystery. Yeah, hey, if anyone out there has read this and then wants to, you know, clue us in on some stuff, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Have you read anything else lately? Uh, not fully, no. Mm-hmm. Um... I started reading a book, book, yeah. like without pictures or drawings. That's insane. I know, right? Uh, but I don't, I know. I just generally don't have a lot of time to read much anymore. And the time that I do have to read is usually times where I will be interrupted by everything around me, mm-hmm. or when I'm just super tired and I will pass out like a page and do a trend read. Right. Yeah. So I have not gotten very far, but uh, it's a book called "The Boy Detective Fails." Hmm. Uh, I want to say the author's name is like Joseph Muno or something like that. Like. Hmm. Can't remember it offhand. It's on my phone, but I'm here with me. Uh, <clears throat> but but so far it's really good. I'm like uh, a couple chapters into it. That's cool. Um, 
It basically is about a uh, Encyclopedia Brown type character, mm-hmm. right? And just, just like you know, a very uh, smart and precocious young boy who sort of becomes like a detective and helps solve crimes around uh, his town. And uh, you know, he's got his little gang, you know, which includes uh, his best friend and his sister. And, you know, they all help him, you know, solve these crimes. <clears throat> and uh, then he uh, grows up and goes to college. And uh, his uh, little sister winds up killing herself. And uh, he winds up uh, attempting to kill himself and then uh, stays in a uh, an insane asylum for, like, the next 20 years and finally gets released and uh, is determined to uh, discover uh, who was it that murdered his sister. Huh. Wow. Huh. And that's where that's where you're at? That's pretty much where I'm at at this wow. point, yes. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. It, it is, uh, apparently it's a book that uh, helped influence uh, the Venture Brothers. Hmm. Uh, which which I, I gather, because uh, I've read interviews with uh, Jackson Public, that you know the, the central theme of Venture Brothers is just about failure. Aw. But in a fun way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great show. It is. And then uh, the central theme of, of Boy Detective Fails is that, hey, you're good at one thing in life, and then once you use that up, you're fucked. <laughs> oh. I don't know if I would agree with that theme. <laughs> Haven't seen any proof otherwise. <laughs> I'm good at, like, 90 things. <laughs> yeah, but you've given up on sorting magic. <laughs> That's true. Uh... Oh, yeah, I don't actually do any sorting of magic, but I do, unfortunately, like, do a little bit of magic trading and, yeah. you know, stocking and whatnot. But, yeah, I'm done sorting it. We have sorting people for that. Uh, including one that apparently was never actually hired. He just showed up a couple different days yeah. and started working there. Did you do uh, feel like maybe you told this story i don't i think i told it just to you maybe i think just to me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah this guy like well if you did tell it last week uh we were sorry tell it again yeah yeah okay this guy shows up i'm we'll call him henry all right and uh henry shows up and um you know one day i was like oh well, there's a new magic guy when i walk in he was already behind the counter and then uh and you know he like worked the rest of the night and the next day i was like so yeah henry you know worked and he, he did okay and and our our manager Chris was like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Henry, the magic guy. He was he was he was he was did okay. He did some sorting and he seemed busy." He's like, "I didn't hire that guy. Like he came in and said something about working and, you know, he's like, no, that guy does not have a job here. Like 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 a friend of his like sorted cards for us and apparently that guy told him like maybe he could help out sometime and it's just a big misunderstanding." And I was like, "Oh, well, that's messed up. That's weird, you know." And then like. You know, we didn't see him for like a week, and then uh, I came in a week later, and Chris is, you know, you know the manager, Chris, is uh, behind the, the desk at the computer, and I walk on back, and Henry is back in the magic sector, and sorting magic cards again, and I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> uh, clearly, Chris knows he's there, you know, they're right. like 10 feet away from each other, and and so at the end of the night, when Henry like leaves like an hour before we close, I was like, I was like, so what was the deal there? And he's like, well, he showed up and, you know, the other guy called in sick today. And I was like, well, I guess he knows what he's doing. So why not? (laughs) (laughs) 
but he's like, but after tonight, no more. And uh, and so like I haven't seen Henry back there since. Then, but <laughs> I was like, man, that just goes to show you if you really want a job somewhere, just fucking do it. Yeah. You know, just yeah. go there and start doing it, and you might get hired. <laughs> Uh, Maybe my new strategy yeah. for, for finding right. a job. Yeah, yeah, just show up and start doing the work. Right, especially if you're at a job, you know, that's kind of like loose and under the table. And right, like, yeah. I think he was working for store credit, so he was just like, "Here's the cards I'm taking." So, right. you know, it's not like he has to rely on like a, a page check yeah. ending up at his house or he something. Have to sign a W four. Right. No. So, yeah. Hmm. Anything else fun? Uh, I don't know. Well, there was a comic show that I went to yesterday. Yeah. We both went there. We did. Independently of one another. You were actually working there. I was working there. Mavericks uh, had a a booth. Yeah. Selling some crap. Yep. Yep. Did you you guys sell a bunch of crap? You know, we did. It was kind of... A little slower, like it's the fourth time we've done that show, and this was, I would say, the slowest, like at least traffic-wise. Um, it was made up for it, like the very end of the day, like in the very last five minutes, a guy came by and he bought a a Luke Cage here for hire number one. Okay, it was like 150 bucks. Sure. So that that helped. Yeah. Um, but other than that, yeah, it was it was. I mean, it was kind. Of, I don't know if you noticed, like there just wasn't a ton of people there. There was not. Which was really pleasant, right? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't very crowded. I mean, for for me anyway, just being a a browser, right? You know, if if it had been crazy busy, I probably would not have stuck around as long as uh, we did. So I went with Joji. Mm-hmm. I probably would have convinced him, "Hey, well, let's get the hell out of here." Well, you guys got there like maybe one or so. Yeah, and it opened at ten, and it was actually really busy from like, I'd say like. At least ten to noon yeah. or ten to eleven, maybe. Um, like it was, I was like, "Wow, this is going to be a good show." Like out of the gate, we were like doing sales, and there's people everywhere. But for some reason, after like noon rolled up, it was kind of slow. Hmm. Well, that's too bad. Yeah, I, I did uh, buy some stuff while I was there, and, and I had gone in with the intention of not buying a single goddamn thing, <laughs> but. Uh, Joji kind of helped ruin that for me. Uh, although, yeah, it's my fault, too. Uh, but, but he assisted. Oh, he did. Uh, I believe uh, we, we figured it out that it is uh, 30% his fault. Oh, okay. Yeah. You and him figured that out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. At least he's aware. Yeah, yeah. Well, he took most of the blame, and I said, no, you don't get most of the blame. It's my willpower. I could have said no to anything that he showed me. <laughs> So was he just like kind of like nodding in a direction, like "Hey, look over there," that, or was he like physically like pulling books out of boxes? Oh, like, he was physically pulling books out of boxes. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you need to buy this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't even saying that. Like, he would just pull the books. I was like, "Eh." Yeah. I'd be like, "God damn it, Joe!" <laughs> did you, so? Did you get anything cool? Uh, well, it started off and uh, there was like the the only two quarter boxes in the entire room, and uh, I love quarter boxes. Quarter boxes are kind of great. And there was a lot of good stuff in there, too. Uh, but, you know, I also had quite a bit of the stuff that I was looking at. But uh, I bought uh, two issues of the Jack Kirby Superpowers miniseries. Oh, that's cool. Uh, in the quarter boxes. And then uh, Joe, like, flipped through this thing, and he pulled out this book and showed it to me. 
And uh, he was like, oh, this is issue two. I think I may already have this. And I looked at it, and I was like, you're joking, right? Because, like, I had never heard of it, and it just looked shitty. And I was like, this is not a thing that he would ever buy. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> and he's like, no, yeah, seriously, I think I already have this. I'm like, what the fuck? And he's like, it's Brian Michael Bendis. I was like, what? And so like, I grabbed it from him and I flipped through it and I'll be goddamn. It is a Brian Michael Bendis book that I had never heard of before. Wow. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man? <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, no. It was called Quivers. Yeah, I don't know that one either. It, it was from when he was doing stuff for Caliber Press. So it was definitely early on in his career. But, I mean, like, you know, like Fire and, and Jinx and Goldfish are all constantly being reprinted i think marvel prints them now uh you know but like you know that of all his early work that's like you know everything big that i knew of was was published but right never fucking heard of quivers Quivers. like i've even heard of angels of destruction which was a malibu book that he wrote (laughs) wow because i remember buying uh i believe it was also for a quarter uh, bought a copy of that for uh, well, my ex-girlfriend at the time who was going to see him at a convention and she was going to get that signed because that, would keep, that was like right at the time when Ultimate Spider-Man was hitting and, and she's the one who actually turned me on to Bendis in the first place. Oh, she yeah. gave okay. me uh, Jinx and Goldfish to read. Uh, and so I found that shitty Malibu book and she was like, oh my god, I'm going to get this signed. Never fucking heard of quivers. Was it like a like a green arrow type of thing? Like people with arrows? Nope. No. Uh, I actually got it right here. Huh. We'll pull it out. Uh, my the stack of stuff that I bought. Uh, and as you can see, it is a hefty stack. Yeah, it's for my, going in with no intention of buying a single thing. Six inches deep at stack, at least. Yeah. But yeah, I got some uh, Jack Kirby superpowers. And I got this uh, Wrath of the Spectre reprint series, which reprints the uh, old uh, Jim Apero Spectre stories from the 60s. Nice. I bought this uh, couple issues of Marvel Tales featuring Spider-Man, which reprints old Spider-Man stories. They've all got Todd McFarlane covers. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I got uh, one random issue of uh, Blue Devil that I needed. Nice. Uh, I got... uh, this New Gods uh, reprint series that uh, reprints the uh, original uh, New Gods from Jack Kirby. Except for issue one, couldn't find that. Uh, the three-issue Dune adaptation. Wow, you know, that goes for like ten bucks on eBay, the, really? the set. Because nice. we, we got those in the collection the other day and looked them up. These are all a dollar each, and they're in pretty good condition. Yeah. Uh, Bill Sinkovich drew them. Uh, the, yeah, I know. And I, when I first saw them, I was like, wow, they have Sinkovich covers? And right. then I opened them up, and I was like, the whole thing is Sinkovich. Right, yeah. Sinkovich, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're beautiful. They are. And I hate the movie. The movie's fucking awful. But uh, still bought them anyway, because Bill Sinkovich. And also, I think I kind of knew that they were maybe something I could turn over and sell. Yeah, yeah you don't see them too often. But then here's uh, Quivers, book two by Brian Michael Bendis. Quivers. Uh, and just flipping through it, I have zero idea what it might be about. And, and it looks like it's pronounced Culvers, because the, the eye is like way taller than oh, the rest yeah, of it. Yeah. Huh, yeah, Caliber Press. Uh, I would read you the year, but it's so hard yeah, to read. I could not see at all. 
Uh, I did take a picture of the cover and uh, posted it on uh, Twitter. It's like 91, maybe? Maybe, yeah. That's what it looks like. It's really poorly. Yeah. He's from Cleveland? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Uh, he doesn't currently live there, but yeah, he's uh, he's from Cleveland. I think uh, Weird. Jinks and Goldfish both took place in Cleveland. So uh, he, drew, he drew this, too? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yep. Back when he used to draw stuff, he drew Jinks and Goldfish as well. He's not a bad artist. No, not at all. He went to art school. I know that for sure. Well, yeah. But, well, yeah. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I knew some terrible artists in art school. Uh, but yeah, I posted a picture of that on Twitter. Tagged him in it. Said, uh, my friend found this in a quarter book, so I decided to buy it, because what the fuck? <laughs> and he responded and said he would be more than happy to give me my quarterback. <laughs> uh. So apparently... You must not have too many fond <laughs> thoughts about this either. Do you know how many issues it went? I have no idea. I mean, this is number two. Oh, and I have just seen the back cover, which I apparently have not noticed until now. Babes. There are babes everywhere. And they're all out to get me. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's that's literally what it says. And yep. there's, there's a guy yeah, like holding this. Yeah. Yep. Huh. <laughs> So, hey, quarter, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, if Brian Monaco Bendis wants to give me a quarterback for it, that'll make up the quarter I lost at GameSwap once. Right? Yeah. Yeah, if you're ever at a convention you know he's going to be there, you should tell him, like, bring a quarter, I'm going to bring this book. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was fun and pricey. Right. I, I think I ended up spending $15 yeah. while I was there. But I got a pretty good stack of stuff. Yeah. Like, like... I got a graphic novel that I didn't know existed by an artist I love, Igort. Um, he, he did like a couple random things, uh, like the 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 thing he's probably I don't know most famous for. If air quotes around famous, sure. He did the cover to a three inch record that was a split between Melt Banana and Phantomas. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's like this weird like late eighties or maybe early nineties like. It looks like some bizarre artsy porno thing that he did, right. and I didn't know it existed. Right. But it was in this guy's five dollar bin. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll take that. Um, and then I've got a few random issues of Cerebus that I needed, and um, that, the aforementioned X Men versus Avengers miniseries, and oh, an old Kim Deitch underground comic called Corn Fed Comics, which. Made me laugh out loud while I was reading it. It's so good. That's good. Um, and then, oh, and then like a half a dozen issues of Jack Kirby's Captain Victory that cool. I didn't have. But yeah, I got all that for fifteen bucks. Nice, so that was nice. pretty good. Yeah, a lot of these were just dollar books. I think the the Spectre series was was uh, ten dollars for all mm-hmm. four issues. So. Um, there is one thing that uh, I'm very curious whether you bought or not. Oh, the Stephen Platt portfolio? Yeah. You told me about it. And I, I, I went over and I looked at it, but I think, like, I, in my mind, it was like this, like, gonna be this, like, 11 by 17 uh, okay. portfolio. Right. But it was one of those, like, comic book size portfolios. And I was like, it was sealed, so I didn't look in it, but I was like, it's probably just, you know, like, black and white versions of the covers. Right. I was hoping it would be, like, this portfolio of, like, unpublished splat art. Right. Um, Stephen Platt. And, uh, so no, I didn't. I didn't buy it. I didn't chance it. Oh, that's too bad. If it would have been, yeah, like I said, if it would have been Liefeld, you know, and it would have been twenty bucks, right. I would have bought it. But, but <laughs> no, I did not go for it. Yeah. 
Yes. But that's the guy's uh, that I, whose booth that I, I bought the Igor book at. Yeah, yeah, he had I some cool that, stuff. Yeah. He had weird stuff. Super weird. Yeah. Um, I know Joe spent like twenty minutes looking through the the box full of like digest reprints. Yeah. Uh, like yeah, those were cool. Like, like novel sized uh, reprints of comics. Those are awesome. Yeah. And, he, and he had like a ton of those Marvel treasuries for five bucks each. Right. They were kind of beat up, but oh yeah. yeah. Um, and then like some cartoon strip reprints. So, yeah, he had some neat stuff. He had uh, Barry Windsor Smith Storyteller series. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I thought about buying, but I was like, I don't know that I want to pay five bucks an issue for it. He had a couple of sets of that Stranko History of Comics too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, neat stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I mentioned Cerebus a minute ago though. Have you heard the thing that Dave Sim announced this week? No. It's it's actually something kind of cool and not really crazy and weird. Okay. <laughs> um, um, apparently, he has a warehouse that he's had there that he's had a spot rented from um, since the like probably late nineties, early two thousands, and so there's between a hundred and four thousand copies of. Of of all the issues of Cerebus from like number a hundred or yeah like just over a hundred through three hundred, mm-hmm. um, and they're closing in December and it's just him and one other tenant mm-hmm. that has has it there, and basically he said that he wants to save like two or three hundred copies of every issue that's there. There's a there's like a couple issues that aren't like the number three hundreds are all sold out and, and like one or two other ones, but. Um, he said he wants to save two or 300 copies for himself just to like have, right. um, and he wants nice copies. And he said, they come in these boxes. Like this is like, they were printed and put it right in these boxes and left in this building. Right. And he said a lot of them, like when you open up the box, like the top like section of them are kind of crunched because like the people that put them in there aren't like comic fans. There's like, we're printing this crap. You know? right, right, right. Um, so, and he said, basically he's going to select a date between now and December and he'll be announcing it really soon. And he's going to say, anybody that wants to come and help him sort them and like get, you know, sort out like nice copies of each issue right. until they get a certain amount. Um, then they'll box that issue up and, you know, and move them along. Um, anybody that wants to help them sort, he said, please come up and help. And you can take as many copies of as many issues that you want. Um, just so they don't end up in a landfill somewhere. Right. He said, especially if like, you know, you work at a library or a comic shop or, you know, a way to get these in the hands of new readers. Right. Um, cause basically he just wants to sell the, cause diamond doesn't even stock these anymore and nobody's ordering back issues from him. Um, basically the trade paperbacks is the only thing that he sells. Right. So he's like hoping like somebody will read one of these. I'm like, Oh, I'll, I'll buy that trade paperback. So it's really weird, but, um, you're going to I'm going to try to go to Canada because it's actually not even as far. Like he lives in Kitchener, but Kitchener is like way up there. Right. Um, he like the warehouse is just kind of over the border from, I guess, Gary, Indiana. Okay. Um, so it's not that I mean, far. I'll have to go through Gary, Indiana. I know. You just hold your breath for a while and take some scented candles with you. Hope you don't run into a stray Jackson. <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> They're. There's a couple of them roaming around, you never know. But I'm like, how fun would that be? And he said he'll be there and he'll sign copies for people. Nice. And, and um, as long as his hand will let him, because right. he had some hand trouble. Yeah. But it was like, how weird and fun would that be? 
sounds a lot, like a lot of work, but I, I love sorting comics. Yeah. Well, I told my brother about it because my brother's who like turned me on to Cerebus right. when I was like thirteen. He turned you into Cerebus. He turned me into on to Cerebus. Okay. And uh, and he was like, uh, his exact response was, he's like, he's like, man, he's like. I love sorting through comics. He's like, and I, I, I'll sort through a, a box of comics. And if I find one issue of Cerebus, I'm super excited. Right. He's like, how great would that be to sort through like nothing but Cerebus, you know? Maybe it would get boring. <laughs> I doubt it's it. Like, this yeah. is too much Cerebus. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Right. But I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of fun. Well, I wish you luck on that. Yeah. Definitely keep us all, uh, you know, apprised of that. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully I get to go. Yeah. I mean, you never know. I might not be able to get whatever day that is off work or whatever. Right. So, and especially like, I don't know that I would go by myself, but right. if my brother can get off work, he said he'd, he'd go with me. Sure. So, I mean, I've got vacation time. Yeah. yeah. I don't have passport to carry. Uh, yeah. See, I don't think my brother does either. Yeah. But no, I, yeah, I would go, I guess. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like sorting through comics. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have zero interest in service, but you know. <laughs> it helps sort some comics. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. But again, no, no passport. So. Yeah. But yeah, it could be fun. Look it up. Um, it's. I'm sure it, Brian John Mitchell would go with you. I, I, I thought about that, but like he's got like a whole family now and everything. Right. Yeah, uh, that guy. <laughs> uh, he's busy. I'm sure. I mentioned it to him. I sent him an email, but. Right. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Sarah, uh, passport, Sarah, pass, passport, passport, uh, sorting, brother. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Right. It could, could be fun. Yeah. Could be fun. Cool. So, yeah. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Um, if you, if you Google a moment of Cerebus, mm-hmm. like that's where the video is. Like he doesn't run the website, but this guy runs it for him. Okay. And Dave posts a video just about every week there. About something or other. Right. So, yeah. That's where it's at. If you want to look at it. A moment of Cerebus. There you go. Hmm. By the time you see this, it might be like a few posts old. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. We got some some lost episodes we're currently uh, airing. I might have already been there. Maybe. Who knows? It's Leamington. I've never even heard of Leamington. Neither have I. But. But Hmm. also don't know much about Canada other than Toronto is above us. Like on a on a scale of quality, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that has happened recently. Uh, went to a, there's a bar here in Dayton that that is uh, frequented by many of our friends. I believe you also have gone there quite a few times. And I have always avoided it, but I uh, went yesterday for lunch. Oh, yeah, Blind, blind Bob. Blind yeah. Bob's, yeah. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I would ever want to go there because they also do uh, shows in the evenings. Uh, but but I don't know that I would ever want to go there to see a show. Right. Because that place is fucking tiny. It is tiny. And I can tell you, I've seen a few shows there. And... Bands I like even, yeah. and I honestly didn't really enjoy it that much because it just I just felt like the sound was just pummeling and I couldn't tell what was going on. Right. Unless I saw like an acoustic act there once, and I was like, oh, that that was really cool. Yeah. But like when I saw like a heavy metal band, I was just like, uh, I can't hear it. You know, it's right. just like yeah, the acoustics in that place are not 
great. All right. And their stage is like in front of the window. Yeah. Right the window. Just, just so not a lot of soundproofing <sighs> happening. I, I just, yeah, and I feel bad because like it's a nice place. The people work there are cool. Right. I like the atmosphere. I like the food. I like the bands they choose. But just it just didn't sound that great when I was there. Uh, I think for me the 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 space issue would be what would get me right. the most, and the sound doesn't help either. When yeah, you know the the last time I was there it was just uh, two or three weeks ago. I I left. I don't. I forget where I was, but I was like on my way home um, in the evening time, and I was like, you know, I just want to stop in there and have a beer. Like I'm like that's not me at all. Right. Like I don't just go somewhere <clears throat> by myself and have a beer. I was like, I really feel like I kind of need this tonight. Yeah. And uh, I was just like stressed or whatever. And I stopped in and I walked, I parked and I walked over there and, uh, and I like, I could hear like music coming from in there. And I was like, Oh, they're having a show. Cause they don't always have shows. Right, yeah. And this was not a Friday night. It was like, you know, Thursday or whatever. Right. And I walk over and, um, the guy at the door is like, he's like, yeah, it's like seven bucks or whatever to get in. And I was like, I was like, I just want to come in and have a beer. I was like, I'll be honest with you. I'll be gone in like 12 minutes. I was like, I am not going to pay $7 just to walk in here and have a beer. Right. While I listen to some band that I don't want to hear. And right. he's like, he's like, just go on in. <laughs> so he let me in and I had a beer and I was gone in 12 minutes. Right. So. That's good. So yeah, they're, they're, they're nice too. <clears throat> they're nice guys. Yeah. And gals. There's a couple oh, gals sure. there. Don't be sexist. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't do it, Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> Sexist prick. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to hijack your blind bomb oh, story. No. Yeah, it's better than my blind bomb mm-hmm. story. Oh, my blind bomb story is that I went there for the first time and I had a sandwich. Yeah, I was gonna say, what did you have? I had uh, a steak, egg, and cheese sandwich. Nice, nice. It was very good. Came with some hash browns. You, have, you didn't have a breakfast beer. Uh, no. Uh, it's three in the afternoon. I'm not having a beer. <laughs> no, some people go there and have... Bob Pollard goes there and has beers for breakfast. Bob Pollard's an alcoholic. <laughs> no. He just knows how to live. <laughs> no, I did not have a beer. I just had a Coke. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But otherwise, not much else is happening. Oh. Well, maybe, uh, maybe, is this the part, I can't forget how we do this. Do you pick a movie? Well, uh, I don't know what's happening here, because, uh, I mean, I did sort of pick the movie last week, but that was also sort of just spur of the moment, let's do something kind of thing, so I don't know if that counts. I, I feel like that was like, kind of just like a random, like we, right. we decided on that movie together, right, yeah, so yeah. yeah. But I feel also, like you deserve a movie pick. Yeah, but also... 300th episode is next week. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Huh. And I know that a very long time We're going to watch 300? Not on your life. <laughs> I've seen that once, and that is one time too many. We're, we're in complete agreement there. Uh, but, but I know a very long time ago we talked about doing maybe something, but, I mean, you know, we, we did only just recently start, decide to start doing this after, uh, our second lengthy break, right? So uh, I don't know if uh, we just want to ignore that and just just keep doing what we're doing and maybe do something special down the road. Hmm. Uh, I will leave that up to you, I guess. Gosh, it might be short notice to plan something extravagant, right? And when I say extravagant, I mean like, like let's get maybe one right, or two extra right. people. Yeah. 
Well, that I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Right. Maybe we'll, maybe, maybe we'll have a surprise guest. Maybe. 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 Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, it, this reminds me. I've been. We bought a giant comic collection recently, Mavericks, of right. mostly mostly seventies and early eighties stuff. And I'll be pricing stuff, and I'll be like, "Oh wow, there's you know Hulk number three hundred. It just has a." Nicely colored Brett Blevins cover. Okay. That's how they ce- celebrated the fact that it was number three hundred. Right. Yeah. You know, and then like if you flash forward uh, ten years, like every sort of anniversary has some sort of foil yeah. cover or like uh, something, some big blurbs announcing that it's number three hundred and seventy-five. Right. You know, it's like I like the subtle, respectable right. celebrations. You know, where you're just like, guess what? This is number three hundred. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like double sized, really nice cover, like nicely drawn. Right. But there was no foil, no gimmicks, no yeah. no bags, no cards, yeah. No, yeah. no no like reprints. Like it was just like you know, yeah. nice issues, nice right. issue of the Hulk. Right. So you want to do a nice issue of uh, Gutter Trash? <laughs> well, we could double size it. Okay. We'll get somebody else in here. All right. Well, hold on a second. Hmm. Gonna pause. Oh. And we're gonna discuss something. Oh wow. Now. We're gonna come back. This is unprecedented. And we'll, we'll, we'll we're gonna figure out what we're gonna do for episode three hundred here. Okay. And Should we'll there be a musical interlude for the listener? Uh, maybe I'll pick like a short song. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Rick Wakeman, eat your heart out. Here we go. Thanks for letting us take that short break here. We kind of put our heads together to, to think a little bit about uh, what was going to happen for uh, episode 300. Yeah. Uh, I think we've, we've got a plan. Um, I won't give you all the details now, just in case some things don't work out. Because it involves people that don't know they might be involved. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we usually want to give them you know, a little heads up. Uh, and then because we're actually releasing the, the lost episodes right now, we're actually a little bit ahead. Mm-hmm. So, so we've got some time to coordinate this, but I think the, the basis of our plan is, is set. We're all, we're going to read all 300 issues of service. Yes. Because it's appropriate. <laughs> yep. And we're only going to devote one minute to each issue. And when I get to Canada, I'm going to kidnap Dave Sim and bring him back <laughs> yeah. so he can review him with us. <laughs> And he can explain why they got so much better, like, <laughs> over the years, and, like, ended on a high note. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or we can do what we just talked about. Yeah. Which is, uh, we're going to review a movie. And I know, it's the same thing we always do. But we might have a guest. We don't know yet. Right. It's going to have to work itself out off air. But... I'm going to say I'm going to guarantee at least one guest. Yeah, yeah, we'll have at least... If we have to grab the guy that's bagging groceries at Dots, right. we'll, we'll get somebody. Uh, I hope it's not that guy, because he <laughs> seemed kind of dim-witted. Uh, if anything, you know, maybe like the one of the girls working the uh, the fried chicken counter. Oh, yeah, fried yeah. chicken girls. They're yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah, they're fine. Uh, but, but we're going to watch a movie. And... Um, Hopefully rope someone into this, but uh, we're going to watch 1997's classic high watermark of 
the superhero genre of films. Batman and Robin. That's right. Directed by the auteur, Joel Schumacher. <laughs> right. Starring the effervescent George Clooney as Batman. Oh, yes. Yes. Who else is in that? Uma Thurman's in that, Uma right? Thurman, yeah. Uh, Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Chris. Wait, hold on. Is this our first Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? It can't be. It can't no, be. No, no, yeah, we did uh, that one drama with uh, Jeff Bridges. Oh, Fat City? Yeah, no. that was it. That's yep. right. Yeah. That's right. No, that's not it. Fat City was, was the boxing movie. Uh, this was the, the bodybuilding movie that Jeff Bridges also was in. Uh, oh, that's why I'm confused. Now. Yeah. But like, yeah, they both came out like huh. at around the same time. God okay. damn it, what the hell was the name I of that? Movie? I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, we, we have done at least one Schwarzenegger. But it movie. wasn't like a Schwarzenegger movie. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was essentially just playing himself. Yeah. yeah. As he is in this movie. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, let see, Chris O'Donnell, of course. Chris O'Donnell, Robin. that's who I'm thinking yeah. of. Uh, yeah, yeah, so Batman and Robin. Oh, awesome. I don't know that I've seen that all the way through. I know I've seen bits of it. But nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I have seen it all the way through. A couple times. And you're still well into watch. And uh, <laughs> I would even say fairly recently that is something that may have happened. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, although I just, just, just thought of this because it's a movie that I have not seen in quite a while. And maybe we should change it up to Superman for The Quest for Peace. Oh, man. I, I think I would rather watch the Batman movie. I feel like the Batman <laughs> would be more fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Batman and Robin, we're doing it up. Three hundred. We're we're subtle celebrating. We are subtle celebrating because because that movie is nothing but subtle. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. All right, we'll see if we can uh, pull this together. You know, and if not, if it's just you and me talking about Batman and Robin, then it's just another day for us. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Business as usual. Exactly. All right. So uh, see you next week then. Yes, we will. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Gutter Trash. You can subscribe to the show from guttertrash.net or from iTunes and leave us a review. Visit guttertrash.net for email information, links to our Facebook and Twitter pages, and for other podcasts and websites in the Gutter Trash Network. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>